Hey everyone, welcome to episode 100 of the So This My Why podcast. Gosh, what a milestone. I started Steamy back in June 2020 and we've never dreamt of the journey this podcast would bring me on. It's allowed me to connect and become friends with some of the most inspiring people I know, grow into a community of over 12,000 people from 35 plus countries, and even a physical meetup with a second Steamy hangout happening this December. And as I was featured multiple times on the Late Late Show with James Corden and even met his big boss and attended a live taping in London and also got an offer to publish a book with one of the largest publishing houses in the world. Surreal doesn't even begin to cover this journey. And since this is the 100th episode, I'm doing things a little different. This is the first physical interview I've done. So shout out to Peter NCK from Mr. Money Studio for being so generous and letting me record this episode in their studio. And as a shout out to Zach for editing the video version of this podcast. And last but not least, a dear friend of mine and former Steamy guest, Rhett Hongi of episode two, who's back on Steamy to interview me. He has been on this journey with me from the very start when he was just an idea. And she was also the very first person I interviewed twice. She's heard all of my frustrations and challenges and who better to have on as a guest host than her? In this episode, we talked about my journey. For instance, how he and I met, why, so this is my why, my secret goal when I interview someone, imposter syndrome, my <laughs> street name, dating, Bumble Bros, the latest show with James Corden, and so much more. I do hope you enjoy it. Please do share and tag us to let us know what you thought of this episode. There is also a YouTube version of this video. That video is not edited. So if you want the raw, unfiltered version, just head to Steamy's YouTube channel. The links are in this episode description and also the show notes. But most of all, thank you. If you're listening to this, thank you for listening, for supporting, and I hope this podcast has and will continue to inspire you in some way. So are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the So This Is My Why podcast, where we talk to people about their whys and how they turn them into realities to inspire you to live your best life. And here's your host, Ling Ya. Hello, everybody. Welcome to So This Is My Why. This is the hundredth episode of Ooh. this podcast. Oh, my gosh. So my name is Red Hong Yi, and I will be the host of the show today, and I will be interviewing your regular host Ling Ya. Oh no, and, um, <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> I just want to preface this by saying that we are great friends. So I just wanted this to be more conversational. So if you're listening, if you're tuning in, please feel like you're the third person on this table kind of tuning into our conversation. Yep. And All I right. try not to reveal too many secrets about you. <laughs> uh, likewise, okay. It would be quite back and forth. If you do that to me, I'll do that to you. Your threats, <laughs> but today I wanted to cover things like your background. Mm -hmm. I had a little bit of a sneak peek of your pre-stimmy days. Oh. A little bit, like yeah. a couple of months of it. What it was like setting all that up and then just interviewing all these people. Yeah. That viral post, mm -hmm. uh, all the social media platforms you're on, LinkedIn now, Yay. and also what it's like engaging with so many amazing people all over the world. Like you. 
Oh, thank starting you. with you. You were the first person I ever interviewed. So it is really first? perfect. Yeah. Oh, but I, I was not in the first podcast though. No, you weren't because I oh. thought I should release someone really different for oh. the first. But you were the first because I was interviewing in Kathmandu, remember? Yeah, but we had I to do scrape remember the whole that. Thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was going to cover that actually. And I'm so proud of you. Oh. So background story for that was Lingya was stuck in Kathmandu for a little bit. 40 um, days. For 40 days. <laughs> she told me about this idea of doing a podcast. She actually told me about that before when we had lunch. And then she really jumped into it. I thought it'd be a pet project, just a really short one. And then she interviewed me. I thought, okay, all right, sure. Oh, <laughs> now yeah, I know. I'll be a part of this pet project. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. I don't know and this. Then, <laughs> and, then, um, and then after, our, I think it was three hours long as well. It was something really, long. really long. And then a few days later, she goes, can I interview you again? I think the whole, like, the file was corrupted or something. And I was like, okay, this person really wants to talk to me. Oh, no! <laughs> I do <laughs> not know info. this. But look at where you are today. I know. We have, like, this full setup. We this do. is amazing. We have so many people behind the scenes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to ignore them, actually. Because I want this to be more kind of informal, more casual. I want it to start by going... Hey, Lingya, what's your MBTI? What's your Myers-Briggs personality? Oh, no, you had to ask that question. E or I? What do you think? I. Definitely I. I do see a bit more E, though, right Really? Now. I think so. I feel oh. like this, like, podcasting, meeting all sorts of people mm -hmm. has brought out the E in you, possibly. But I, I do see so. the I, too. I think so. So this is the weirdest thing. I remember when I did the MBTI test growing up. I remember it was a 70-80% I and there was a period where I was really out and meeting people all the time and when I did the test again, I remembered distinctly all my answers on the right turned to the left and it became a 70-80% E. Oh, wow. I switched. I was a different person. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to know what you are right now. Like if you had to redo oh your gosh, test. Oh gosh, I don't know. It might be an E now. Let's I know see. I definitely reverted back to an I during COVID when I was in lockdown because mm. I get comfortable with situations. Mm. So it's like, oh, I used to be meeting people all the time yeah. and I'm suddenly at home and I'm really comfortable. Yeah. But then when I go out all the time, then I get energy from going yeah. out, which is really strange. But then I go home and I crash. Yeah. So <laughs> I see you and I. <laughs> so I'd be curious to know, maybe after this episode, yeah. if you could work on your MBTI questionnaire, let me know, let your viewers know on LinkedIn if your personality test result has changed after all this. Oh my god. And goodness. what are the others? You know, I don't know if my answer would even be correct because I remember talking to a friend and I told her, I never believe in MBTI yep. because the answer never resonated with yep, me. Yep. And then she said, I think you're an ISTP. Remember I told I you this? I remember this conversation. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I take these personality tests with a pinch of salt as well because mm -hmm. I don't want to be boxed in. Yep. But I remember you resonated so much with so that. Much. I resonate so much with it. Everything they said was basically me. I would say 90%. The only reason I never considered me as ISTP and I never read the descriptions because at the very start, they would always say, when you were a child, you love to take things apart. You like go to the car and want to see how everything comes together. And I go, nope, I have zero interest in this. <laughs> <laughs> and I just tune off and I never look at everything else. But then my friend then said, ISTPs tend to misdiagnose themselves. They mm. never get ISTP because they always think there's something else because mm. they are always okay with any situation mm. but then if you switch cars with say what i like to do analyzing tearing things apart and really going deep then yeah like music for instance was the first one and mm. that really resonated with me mm. and i do see that about you with stimmy as well mm. right you really have this ability to just dive into something mm. if you really really want to commit to it yeah. and 
keep that consistency and yeah. really do all your research. Mm. Do you see that personality, ISTP, right? Resonating and complementing what you do right now? I never thought of it in terms of ISTP. I always mm. thought of it as just being me. That's yeah. just how I deal with things. Yeah. So most of the time, 80%, I would say I'm in between. When I say I don't have an opinion, I really do not have an opinion. Right, I really right. don't mind. But if I hate something, I really hate it. And if I love something, I really love it. And you will not push me off it. So for me, it's almost like giving myself an excuse of 80% of the time, I am very, very flexible. But when I care about something, don't touch me. <laughs> okay, noted. That's good to know. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Okay, we're going to do a little bit of a bio intro. So I did a bit of research. This is my first time interviewing someone, by the way. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm excited about it. I should it. also say I have no idea what's coming up. You haven't shared the questions. Oh, no, I, I'll be a good friend. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Let's see how this goes. So Lingya Wong, like me, you grew up in East Malaysia. Yes. I grew up in Sabah, Lingya and Sarawak. I think we kind of bonded over that we being East, East Malaysians. East Malaysians are better, right? <laughs> <laughs> we are. We both left abroad after high school. You went to the UK. I went to Australia. I didn't study law. I did architecture. You yeah. studied law in the London School of Economics. And then after that, you worked as a lawyer for eight years. You I came know. back. And this included working as an IP lawyer, mm -hmm. um, intellectual property litigator, to mm -hmm. get that right, at Bacon McKenzie for two and a half mm -hmm. years. Yeah. And you are currently a legal associate for YTL. Mm -hmm. And you've been there for six years. Oh my gosh. So I got to know you in 2019, <laughs> November. You're going there? 14, 15, 14. 14. 14. 14. Okay, okay, we have our friend anniversary. Okay, friend anniversary is 14. The day I got together with my boyfriend turned husband is 15. Yeah, right, right. delivered, right? So you were not clashed. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I'm a little bit worried about how much personal stuff I should like sprinkle in here. But um, I if met her. Are, if you're sharing personal, I'm sharing your personal too. <laughs> okay, so let, let me tell everyone how we met and oh, how boy. I became her first interviewee. We met in November 2019 when I was invited to speak at the company that she works at. And we had a pre-conference dinner and I sat down and Lingya sat down beside me and we started chatting here and there. I didn't really know everyone on the table, wasn't sure who's who. And then Lingya shows me this blog. <laughs> She's like, oh, you know, I keep a travel blog. Um, you know, I really like these murals and Sarawak where I'm from. It's literally the only art thing I have. So <laughs> it's my only way of bonding with you. And I thought, wow, this girl is artsy. She's artsy. She knows her travel stuff. She keeps a blog. She's really cool. After that, she asked me out for lunch. And I thought, <laughs> wow, she really wants to bond with me. And I think when we had lunch, we went to like a Lebanese Lebanon, restaurant. Yeah. And uh, we bonded over that. Because yes. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been to Lebanon. You've been to Lebanon. Yeah. I don't know too many people who have exactly. been there, like from here. And who love me. Yeah, we really loved it. <laughs> so I think we just really clicked yeah. like that. And then the other thing that we clicked over was about this podcast you really like <laughs> by Guy Raz, yes. how I built this. Yeah. And then that was when you told me that you had the idea to do this podcast. Yeah. What were you thinking at that time? That I was going to invite you out to get you on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then in my mind, I thought, oh, yep. Okay, this is where this lunch is going to. All right. <laughs> no, before that, before that, I have to be really honest, I... Okay, not too honest, right? So <laughs> <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> when I met you, I was surprised by how well we clicked. And there are certain people in my life when I meet and we are total strangers, where mm -hmm. I just feel like, oh, we could really hit it off. Mm. So when I have moments like that, then I think, 
I'm just gonna make an effort to really mm. get to know this person. Oh, that's, that's so why. Sweet. That's why I was like, oh. I was surprised no by way. how well we clicked. Yes, because oh, I, I thought, okay, honestly, I thought, okay, this is like a corporate mm. thing where you have to be nice to your clients. Oh, no. um, so she's being really nice to me. But yeah, and no. but we start, we kept in touch after that. We kept in touch. Yeah. yeah. But how serious were you about running a podcast at that time? I was totally serious. But the strange thing is, I never thought in long terms. I never thought, mm. when am I going to end it? Mm. It was just, I'm just going to do it. Full stop. Mm. I guess you could say I don't really think long term sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> when I have an idea that I want, right. I just go and just do it. Right. And later on, I just start thinking, well, where is this going? Oh, yeah, I should think about this. Oh, yeah. okay. But I, I think I also remember you telling me about Nepal at that time. Yeah. And you were 29 at yes. the time. It really made me re- reflect and think. It made me think of the author Daniel Pink. He has a book yeah. about timing. Yeah. And he said that people really think about timing very differently when they hit a mm. nine, like a number nine in their age, like 19, 29, before they turn like the next decade, right? Yeah. Was that why you did Nepal and why you did your podcast? Do you think that timing, turning the next decade, the next year actually affected that at all? I really wish I could say yes, but the answer is no. <laughs> Not even Nepal? Not at all. Okay. Not Nepal? So the reason for Nepal is oh. when I was, I think, 26, 27, for the first time in my life, yeah. I went to Sabah. For the first time in my life, I climbed Mount Kinabalu because a friend asked me. And I never once considered doing that. But then I thought, wait, it's a bucket list. I should just say yes, because when yeah. else will I do it? So I did it. Yeah. And trust me when I say I never hiked I really never ever hiked in my life I didn't even do a small hill it just wasn't in my interest Mm. but I really loved it so much and I remember I had just crossed above the clouds and looked around it was like a perfect London summer weather and I thought oh I really love this Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna do Everest but I know me if I don't set a deadline for myself I would never do it right and it's because I was around 26 27 the obvious milestone was 30 because I knew I, I wasn't going to do it in 28. I might do it in 29, but hey, 30 is the limit. And sure enough, the years passed by. I just didn't even bother trying to do anything. And then when I became almost 29, that's when I thought, oh, hold on. I'm 30 next year. I really need to hold ass and do something. Right. And so that's when I pushed everything and I right, did that. Right. I think that was what Daniel Pink meant. Ah. Yeah. Before you hit the next decade, like it, it's you should have done yeah, something. it feels like you're entering the next decade, right? Yeah. So before that, like yeah. turn of that. And it was kind of perfect so because the group that invited me to join them, they were hiking in March. And I turned 30 oh. in April. Oh, yeah. So it felt like we had to do this. Yeah. It felt like a sign. Everything aligned. This is your last chance. Just go yeah. for it. So I remember that. You had a lot of cakes in lockdown. <laughs> I did. So many. You had them in I your freezer did. as well. Yes, for <laughs> quite a few weeks. <laughs> and you sent one too. I was really touched. Oh. Thank you. Are you all the way in Sabah? Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I was in lockdown. Oh, my gosh. It feels like a universal way that, yeah. like during that time, right? It wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that long ago that you began this whole journey. It's yeah. really incredible. Like today, I think about this and I go, wow, you've really done so much. Like mm. you've really, really done so much in just like a short period of time. So I looked at it. 28th of June, 2020 was the first podcast that was released. That is amazing. And today you do not just dabble in your podcast and you work as a lawyer full time at the same time. You also manage two newsletters, a Discord community, 
And now you run like Stimmy Hangouts in person. <laughs> That's really, really amazing. Do you think it's the interviews and the research? What is the most tiring or time-consuming part about running Stimmy mm. right now? I think it's so many things because you have to write. Sometimes the writing's fast, sometimes it's slow. Mm -hmm. You have to do the research. Mm -hmm. It really depends. My week is messed up if I have an interview because that day itself, it's gone just mm -hmm. for my interview. The day before is gone, just my interview. If this person has produced a lot of books, a lot of interviews, the day before is probably gone <laughs> as well. I mean, and it's often enough, I don't know why, but sometimes when people agree to an interview, two, three people agree to the same interview. So there was a period when I just started and I was a complete newbie at this. I end up with three interviews a week that killed oh my me, that gosh. really killed me. So I learned a way of arranging such that my calendar would not end up with three. But when I have two, which I still do sometimes, it's tough. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. How do you juggle work? Working mm. in a firm nine to yeah. five or nine to six as nine a lawyer six, yeah. and then doing this at the same time. What's helpful is that it does end at six. Mm. I tend to be able to just say, okay, I'm done with being a lawyer at six and yeah. I can go home and just do my own thing. When you really think about it, by the time you get home, it's seven. Yeah. By the time you sit down, you're ready. It's probably half past seven or eight. Yeah. And then I tend to be on this thing until one. Oh, wow. So... That's really just a full day and you've got a whole weekend as well. Mm. So you really do have time for a second job, technically. Mm. You're just tired. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I read somewhere that you, you wish you had 50 hours I know, in a day. I do. <laughs> and there were so many people who reached out who have found us who said, I totally get you. <laughs> I'm sure you do. So you write yeah, your thing. Yeah, I think it, like, it reminds me of that time where... like, So I used to work as an architect in yeah. a firm, but I did my art on the side and I really enjoyed it. I did it after work after six in the company that I was working for. So like lights were like dimmed and I was sitting there alone by myself yeah. and dabbling on my own thing for a bit. And then the weekends were spent, you know, sourcing for materials and all that. But I think it was really precious that time yes. as well. And I was very intentional about the way I use my time yeah. as well. And didn't you feel like it didn't feel like work? You just wanted no, to do it. No, it didn't feel like work. Yeah. It was really fun. I looked forward to it, although yeah. I was tired. Yes, you yeah. feel tired. I think you feel exactly the same. <laughs> I, or rather, I feel exactly the same as you did at the time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally respect what you're doing right now, though. And talking to so many people and doing research. I think even before interviewing you. So I had a little bit of a taste of doing research. And mm -hmm. I went, whoa, okay. Imagine if she has a book. This would be a little bit much so i remember uh that time when you interviewed me and that glitch happened and we had to do the whole interview again i think i also spoke to you around that i think you also told me that the reason why you didn't get into podcasts earlier was because you were afraid of the tech side of yep. things but now i listen to your podcast and i go whoa the quality has jumped so much from the start To now but even back then it was still I think I had this impression that you just jumped into it yeah and you just went for it and I that did. was amazing but what was the initial setup like for you as opposed to right now okay so the initial setup was really a very very simple 200 ringgit USB mic that mm -hmm. was it that was it and zoom oh wow yeah it hasn't really changed I just upgraded because of your husband <laughs> <laughs> but how did you know what 
apps or what tools to use. You use Canva a lot now. I, I know Canva you were so you were tinkering around around with a lot of transcribing apps as well. Yeah. So I found Descript very very quickly mm-hmm. and it is life transforming because mm-hmm. now I mean it's upgraded and it's changed so much. Now you can throw a video in and it would immediately transcribe the entire interview within minutes. So if you edit the transcript you will have the transcript. Right. It ultimately edits the corresponding audio and video. Right. So it's just perfect. I just oh, have wow. to look at the words and just yeah. edit that to get the final version that I want. Right, right. Yeah. But before yeah. that, I also had Ophonic. I tried a bunch of things, but I would say it's stuck to pretty much the same setup as before. Mm. Yeah. Does all that still intimidate you today? It exasperates oh, me. Really? <laughs> it's not right. my thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could just focus on the research and just to interview itself. That's mm. the idea. That's say. where Zach comes Hi, in. Hi, Zach. So <laughs> Linya told me a few, like two days ago, that I've employed my first person to yeah. work at Stymie. I was like, oh, that's great. What does that mean? <laughs> but uh, it, Zach is a real person. He's real. in front of us right yeah. now. Um, so and that's congratulations. Why we extra nice today. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. How about your setup? Like, what was the last setup? Like, the 99th. 90, sorry, 97? It's the same. It's basically mm-hmm. a really posh mic that Joe told me to buy. <laughs> it's basically it. So what happened was you weren't around, but Joe was around mm-hmm. and we were hanging out and he went, oh, you've got an interview. Why don't you just do it in the house? Mm-hmm. And so he set up everything. He had a really nice camera. He had all the mics. And he just went, try this mic. You will never go back. <laughs> and I tried it. And the next day I went, Joe, I bought it. <laughs> Yeah, I just needed that push because it sounded really good. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people out there who are interested, who want to probably start interviewing people, mm. do podcasts, but are afraid of like the complexity behind it? Because for me, I think when I saw a lot of your episodes come out, I thought, oh my gosh, it just looks like a lot, like it's so complex. Where do you start? But you seem to be able to get a hang of it and really really, really turn it into something that's like flourishing right now. What's your advice to people? I think I always knew that everything's figure outable. Google mm-hmm. has the answer to everything. Mm. It's just that the answer is really general. So mm. what you have to do is spend a lot of time just digging. So if you find page one answers, read it. They mm. tend to refer to something else and just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Eventually you find the really good sources and you find that everyone is saying the same thing. There are only so many options oh. for uploading on the host. There are only so many options right. for editing, so many options for recording an interview. And it's really up to you to then go, which one fits me best right, and right. just try. Yeah. Ultimately, it's just doing, I would say. Yeah. 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 You can't really go wrong. Right. I have a question about that, though. So okay. about platforms, mm. right? So you upload your episodes on Spotify, mm. on YouTube, on Stitcher. Yeah, so um, why do they have to be on so many different platforms? So do other podcasters do that too? Yeah, other uh, podcasters do that too. Okay. So I have a podcast host, so I mm-hmm. only have to upload on one place and it automatically sends it out to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So the thing about podcasts is it operates by an RSS feed. So the moment you just link your RSS feed to everyone, it's on, say, Amazon as well. The moment it's updated, everyone gets it. So I actually never touch Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The most I do is once every half year check to see the numbers but I don't do anything I just go to my main host upload Mm, done mm, right yeah how about social media then (sighs) because all right so how did it first start so I I know that you uploaded your podcast and then you did upload them on social media yeah you started with Instagram and Facebook Mm. Mm -hmm. and then you went to Twitter 
Yeah. So what was that experience like? I would say I started with Instagram because before I did the podcast, I was already dabbling online. Basically, I was curious and I realized that I had last started my website when I was 10. I don't know if I ever told you this. What? My first ever website was when I was 10 and it was with this site called homestate.com and no. I was super proud of it. I had hundreds of comments in my guest book. I was very proud. Wait, what? I was determined <laughs> to get a lot of comments and I stopped using this website only because Homestate went not free, it's paid. And then I just stopped because Joe City looks really terrible. <laughs> And I never touched it again. But I did, somehow along the way, I just thought, oh, I want to start writing again. And I met a friend who said, oh, I can link you with someone who can help you start writing. And for some reason, I just thought, if I'm going to be writing online, I need my own place. And so that means I need to start my own website. And I just went and just figured it out. So I started my own website. That's where I started the travel blog. And then I thought, well, if you're doing travel, you have to be on Instagram. I've never touched Instagram beyond posting one photo mm. every two years. Mm. I guess I have to dig into it and figure out how Instagram works. Mm. And so that's when I set myself a goal. I'm going to get a thousand followers in 30 days I got in 40 days after that I was not interested in being an influencer <laughs> this is not my thing but at least I know what works and so I guess you could say of all the different platforms bringing back to your question Instagram was my most familiar because I already spent 40 days trying to hack right. everything imaginable to right, figure right. it out <laughs> right <laughs> so so FYI for everyone that was the I think that was the travel blog that she showed me when we first met and I was very um very impressed oh. And then you showed me some of your other blogs that you wrote. I think when you were at Kathmandu, you were like, okay, I just finished another post. And you showed me. It was pretty long, I have to say. <laughs> because and it's very, SEO. very detailed. SEO. <laughs> oh, that's me. Okay. That's me always All right. having a target. I'm not just running a travel blog. No, every single post I post, I'm going, I want to hit number one on page oh, one. I'm okay, a goal-centric so person. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, it was very st strategic. Yes. For me, I read it. I thought, oh, she really wants to tell me every single detail. <laughs> She's very, very detailed. I feel like you remember a lot of little details mm. you are very specific about a lot of things and that really shows up in your research because mm -hmm. when to, when you interviewed me yeah you asked me a lot of questions that a lot of other interviewers do not ask it's like just really obscure things in my mom's blog that she kept like <laughs> yes yongs ago i was so pleased and to I find like, that gold mine wow she is a pro digger <laughs> stalker <laughs> You would call me sometimes after a few interviews with other people and they have given the same feedback. There was another guy. He said he was really, really impressed by how much research you've done. I think there was Dr. two people. Dr. Tan. Finian Tan. And yes. another person as well. Just really impressed by the amount of research you've done and preparation so that you've many. done. <laughs> so yeah, she cannot remember because she's done a lot of research on people and that is the feedback that you get. Yay. Yeah, That is my secret aim actually. Every time I interview someone, I want to do it in such a way that they can't help but say... Wait, but how do you find that you have done so much research? So I don't ever tell them, but yeah. if they do, it's kind of like a mental tick. Yes, <laughs> I got them to say it. <laughs> but I also want to ask you, you have this knack of when you're interested in something, you would really go all in. Mm -hmm. You would throw yourself mm -hmm. in. I see that with different things, really. Mm -hmm. You really keep consistent. You really play the long game. Mm -hmm feel like you're a marathon runner like okay Lingya and I we talk about oh what are you interested what kind of sports are you interested in she loves hiking and I yep. dread it because <laughs> once you get into it it's a long like it's a long hour a few hour long hike whereas I want to do the short spurts I'm like just muscle it like climb and muscle mm -hmm. and all that so <laughs> so I have a question so you did your travel blog yep. um your travel Instagram yep. you hit a thousand followers yep. in 40 days and then you stopped yep. but with Stimmy yep. 
you decided to go on. Was mm. it a moment, like one episode that made you go, oh, I think this is going somewhere? Mm. Or what keeps you going? So remember how I started without having an end goal in mind? Mm -hmm. I just went on. <laughs> There's never an end goal. It was just, I just really enjoyed it. And there wasn't a particular episode, but there was a moment where I thought, I just really like this. Mm. And would I keep going? Yeah. And it's never crossed my mind to ever stop. As far as I'm concerned, I would just do this for the rest of my life. Unless something truly untoward happens. There are hard days. But then when I think about it, what are the downsides? It's really just time. Mm. That's it. But mm. everything else is an upside. Mm. It's amazing because it's a weekly podcast. That means I can guarantee every single week, since most are strangers, I'm meeting one new person every week. Mm. And because I always do the research, that means I'm always learning something new every day. And that's really important to me that I'm always growing my circle so I'm not stuck in a little bubble. Mm. That I'm, I'm always growing intellectually and mm. being aware of what's out there. These are KPIs I would have wanted to maintain anyway. Mm. But with this podcast, it's a very public and also a very concrete way of ensuring I stick to it. Mm. So yeah, why not? Mm. And with traveling, it's not that so way? Traveling, it wasn't so much that way. It was more, I just don't have the time. And yep. secondly, the intention was never to be a travel blogger. Yeah. The intention was always because I want to learn how to do a, a website, because I want to master SEO, mm. because I want to figure out IG. And right. I could have written about any topic and I knew as well travel was the least lucrative, but travel was also, I knew for sure a topic I could talk about forever because I traveled so much. Mm. And I didn't want to have to spend time learning a new topic just to write about it. I just wanted something which I had endless topics to refer to. Mm. And all I had to do is just learn how to master all the technical parts. Mm -hmm. yeah. One thing you told me about was also how you just really enjoy listening to stories by yes. people. Yes. What is it about stories that you enjoy so much? I think it's because it's relatable. Mm. And I suppose the easiest example could be how I built this, which mm -hmm. you talked about. I will forever remember the first ever episode of a podcast I ever listened to was with Christina Tosi. Mm. And she runs this bakery in New York. I'm the last person in the world you will ever catch in a bakery. <laughs> Seriously, I will eat it. I will never, ever bake it. I would, but I really would not enjoy it. Milk uh, bar, right? Milk bar, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. And now I really want to visit milk bar, <laughs> even though the cake doesn't look interesting. Oh. <laughs> okay, I've tried it before. It it's good? pretty good. Like, oh, it's, okay. It's great. I've, I've actually bought it before oh. for a friend's birthday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, okay, it's, okay. It actually just feels nice to buy Is a milk it? bar cake. Yeah, so I, I think they've got their branding very, very well as well. Okay, okay. Yeah. I stand mm -hmm. corrected. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was very sweet though, I have to say. Uh, mm. For me, what was amazing was when she told the story. I would have never expected to care about Baker, but I cared about her because I heard her voice. I heard her emotions, the ups and the downs. I feel like I knew her. And I thought, wow, it's so powerful. Once they are really technical, it just flows over my mind. But yeah. if there is a more narrative flow or yeah. if it's a topic I'm really interested in, then I really engage. Yeah. yeah. Have there been any stories out of the 90 plus guests you've had that has really made an impression on you yeah. emotionally or even bring a tear to your eye? Oh, uh, I guess I could talk about the episode I have released that I talked about earlier today. Oh, it's wow. your first time hearing it. Yeah. So it's with a former Secret Society member from mm -hmm. Singapore. He also ran his own... Nautil? Yes. Basically, when you're an ex-convict, life's against you, society's against you. He managed to find a job as a tour guide in Singapore showing the dark side of China. And the mm. only prerequisite for all these tour guides is you must be an ex-convict. So oh, it's wow. basically their way of showing Singapore 
but also just sharing their own personal life and giving mm -hmm. a warning. And I asked him the question earlier today about how, if there were partic a particular moment that really impacted him, and he said that, yeah, there was this one girl after his talk who basically came up, and because he was also sharing about the fact that he once wanted to commit suicide as well, after he came out of prison, because it was just a really difficult life, he couldn't get into society. And she said that I was really, really affected by what you said, and I was really touched. And he was packing things up and he said, oh, can you spare a couple moments to wait for me to pack up? I'll walk with you to the station, which is 10 minutes away. And he said that she shared her story, which was that her parents were on the PR in Singapore from third world country. It was really, really difficult during COVID. The parents sold her to Geylang and she was there for a really long time. The police recently rescued her from that. Mm -hmm. And it was really affecting to see that there are things like this that's happening right now mm. he was just crying he was really just crying and this is the guy who ran the social escort wow. business and he was so 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 upset was, i'm so upset at the pimp for doing this you know no, what's mm. happening and mm. it was very real i would say mm. and it's a side that you don't normally hear about mm. i would say i mean so many people have opinions about prostitutes you have so many opinions about gangs were they ever in one is mm. always someone's third-hand information but he lived it mm. and so yeah i would say that is most fresh in my mind because it just happened oh wow yeah. wow that's an intense story yeah. yeah i'm looking forward to listening to that Me too. i saw i saw his updates on your instagram yeah. i'm more on instagram by the way but you are <laughs> you 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 have introduced me to the world of linkedin so yeah. i'm gonna tap into that a bit but yeah i saw <laughs> notal's updates and i yeah. thought wow this is such a gem of a find i've got another one coming up oh wow and he's even more intense because would he, you like to tell us about it okay so for nautil he was only in the gangs for half a year and his story is because he joined a gang when he was a teenager because it was fun we didn't know any better we just wanted to be powerful because if you're in a gang and he was at level four that meant everyone would report to you and so it's fun whereas for this other person elvin i'm speaking to him next week mm. he was in gangs with decades mm. he was in and out he was in drugs really really heavy drugs mm. and that's really especially powerful because when i asked Noto today how can we help ex-convicts he said that's a really difficult question because very frankly speaking 80 percent you can never help because mm. they can't be helped because they're still stuck in the oh. same mentality quite honestly so i did mm. ask him the question how do you know who the 20 percent is and he said that's really easy just track them for three to six months after they're out of the halfway house when they're independent if they still follow them the same bad habits if they still have a victim mentality you know they haven't changed at all oh wow and he also said he knows so many people in prisons as well they always have that victim mentality and they deliberately commit crimes just to go into prisons because free food, free accommodation, really? free medical care. Yeah. And for them, they just can't see a future outside. It's like, what's waiting for me out there? Oh. Nothing. So I'll just commit petty crime. So I get sent back in. He asked one guy who was already in there and released when he entered and came back again when he was doing that. Nottle asked him, why are you back? And he said, no choice. Mm. <laughs> there just isn't a possibility of them not being in there. So I think Elvin's story would be really powerful. Because he was in gangs for decades. Mm. He was in and out of prison many, many times. Mm. He was also heavy into drugs. Mm. And now he's totally transformed his life. Oh, wow. And he also found God. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely look forward to hearing that. I know. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what I learned about you 
very, very recently that I think is quite, is very precious that I never knew about until my husband told me he had a conversation <laughs> with <Yes>. you, <laughs> was that you grew up, I think, really wanting to be a writer, novelist yes. in particular. Yeah. I see that connection between your fascination for people's stories mm. and wanting to be a novelist, wanting to tell a yeah. story as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that dream? I guess I always wanted to write. Mm. When I was younger, there were two main ways in which I communicated. One was writing mm -hmm. and another was just music. So music mm -hmm. was something that felt like an extension of me. It felt like I could express things that words mm. can be sufficient for. So I guess it wasn't so much where it came from. It was just, I just want to write. Mm. And so there was a period before I started the blog where for two years... I actually spent time writing a novel. It went up to two. Oh, I didn't tell you this. No. I told I'm Joe this. What? <laughs> Why are you telling Joe all these things? I, um, I assume he your would husband be really would tell proud. You. He would be like, see, I can get all these like deep info from people. Your friends tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but she's telling her podcast listeners now, okay? And you. <laughs> I spend it for um, writing it. 200,000 words. Wow. Yeah. But then I thought, because I mean, the, I still want to write it. The characters are still really vivid, but I didn't realize there are oh. fundamental flaws to it. And I need to rewrite the whole thing. I just thought, God. Why do you think there are fundamental flaws? I think because when I started, the world just grew bigger and bigger. I'm mm -hmm. not the kind of person who likes to write, say, this character is based in Arkansas. I don't care. I've never been there. Mm. Or this character is based in Singapore. I really don't want to write about that. I want to mm. create an entire world. Mm. So I have, I suppose, full control mm. of your culture, of your people, your dressing, everything. I can be inspired, but I want to have control over that environment. Mm. And therefore, the way that the story unfolds. And I realized as I started that I was writing from too many characters' perspectives. I end up with 12. 12. Mm. That's way too much, way mm. too much. The world was unfolding in my mind as I was writing. But it just did not become tenable. And there were things, the way that I've written about the world that these characters lived in that changed. I changed the fundamental laws of nature for the wow. world. And I thought, that means I have to rewrite everything. Yeah. <laughs> so then I thought, let me take a little break and I'll come back and then I discovered podcasts. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think, I think you should, you should tap into that you should definitely look into that yeah and probably interview novelists as well yeah i do intend to yeah be fun. yeah i remember that like this was not too long ago about two months ago a month and a half ago you texted me and you were like hey joy in caps hey joy my post is going viral <laughs> and i was like huh and then I looked around on Instagram first and I was like, oh yeah, I replied to that. It was more engagement than usual, but not exactly viral. And you were like, oh, it's going viral on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> that LinkedIn is this totally like foreign platform for me. I, I have an account, but I'm like never there. Yeah, never there. And then uh, I went into it and there were a lot of likes. There, you started to get a lot of like comments yeah. coming up. And then um, every few hours or so, I click it as well. Like I could go to it and there, there would be more and more. So tell us about that experience, that viral post, how you felt throughout the whole day and has that changed anything? <laughs> <laughs> so I should explain what the post is about. Mm -hmm. The post is about a meeting I had with a future steamy guest, mm -hmm. Dominic, and I really loved his story because he actually grew up knowing Lee Kuan Yew's family. Mm. His family was very political, very, very intellectual. Basically, he lived Malaysia's history 
I studied mm. in Sajara. He mm. lived it. He knew all these people. They were his friends, his mm. family members. And so I was in my second week of writing seriously on LinkedIn because I thought, well, I really like writing and I think I should just fix a platform that I'm focused on. Why don't I just choose LinkedIn? Mm. So it was me just basically experimenting and analyzing to see what other people had done. And sometimes people would say, hey, I just met this person. This is what happened. So I thought, well, this is content. I just met this guy. We took a picture. Let me just write something about it. And so I wrote it. And my first line was, Malaysia is a mediocre country. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I remember reading that like first thing, in, I think in the morning before going to work. And I was like, whoa, she has like a strong opening line today. And I showed Joe immediately. I was like, Joe, look at this. She thinks Malaysia is a mediocre country. So that definitely caught my attention too. And I started like chatting with him about it. Oh, and wow, I, think I, I didn't like, know about this. Yeah, quite a, a Does he a agree? Bit. Does like, he, he agree? No, he, he was... Mm, not really <laughs> he looks at Malaysia with rose tinted glasses lenses English. he yeah I mean I mean we lived here right so we we know the ins and outs of it so he was like no Malaysia is beautiful uh, I mean Malaysia <laughs> is very beautiful from your um, lens Joe but of course of course Lingyo was trying to you know stir things yeah. and provoke so I, I think I left a comment Oh, did and then, you? I think I did. I did. I don't think you did. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely did. I said something like, uh, okay, it wasn't about that post. It was actually sat there with my accountant uh, a week before or something. Like that. Oh, yes, I remember. That. No, that was on Instagram. That wasn't on LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram. Hmm. Only Instagram. I'm talking yeah. about Instagram. Oh, yeah. okay. You're on the wrong platform. <laughs> it's different. No, so this is where it gets interesting, though, because... Yeah. I think you were a little bit frustrated with the engagement on yep. Instagram. Yeah. And Instagram has always been a platform for me. Mm. It has always been like my go-to. It's my portfolio yes. online, yeah. uh, basically. But yeah. it doesn't seem to be able to get that engagement that you yeah. want to need. And probably because until, it starts now. Yeah. yeah, until LinkedIn and also mm. when you started writing too. Yeah, yeah it's so, true. So I wanted you to talk about yeah. that post and how writing on LinkedIn changed everything for you. I think writing on LinkedIn, that post went viral. So you did ask what that day was like. Yeah. Tell me what it was like at work because I feel like you wouldn't have been able to concentrate at work. <laughs> this is why I'm sitting here <laughs> going, Were you sitting in the oh, toilet cubicle and refreshing so the post? It was an amazing day <laughs> for those that were listening. Yeah, you, you had a cat meme going like that. <laughs> yeah, that was my expression going, I'm like, what? she is not going to be able to concentrate. <laughs> it was just crazy. Yeah. You could see people just liking and just... Debating. Full on debate. Honestly, yeah. I haven't gone back to the post to read the full debates because it was so intellectual. And I thought, well, I'm out of my depth. No, okay. I, I read all that. I was like, whoa, I would love to see Ling Ya reply to all this. Now, you super, you're super clever, you're amazing, yeah. and all that. But I was but like, I well, these guys politics. are going, yeah, they're going deep into politics, man. It would be flaring up. But yeah, it was amazing. I just watched and I thought, whoa. At first, I thought maybe it would hit a thousand. Oh, you hit a thousand. And some friends were saying it was going to hit two thousand. I thought, okay, two thousand. And it went past 2,000 and went 3,000? And it went past 3,000. I thought, oh, this is really good. <laughs> and you started to get a bit more of a following there. A lot more, I think, from that particular post. About 3,000 followers? Yeah. It was uh, huge. For your Lingya page instead of, so this is my why though, right? Yes, for sure. So mm. on LinkedIn, what people really resonate with is the personal page, mm. not the company page ever. Mm, so mm. yes. So that was something I recently learned because before that I had been posting on LinkedIn, but it was very much snippets from the podcast itself, oh. mostly with the company page and I'll repost with my personal, but sometimes I will use the personal 
and then the company page. But I didn't really care and I didn't really think about it because it just wasn't a platform that I cared about at the mm-hmm. time. So this time you post it with your personal page. Yeah, because I was really intentional and I decided this was second week of me just posting something. On that LinkedIn? Was more pers- yeah, more personal. Oh. So I'd never been personal before. It was just regurgitation of whatever people said. But right. for the first time, for the past two weeks, I've been written something that was more, this is what I think, this yeah. is what I've done. Yeah. And, yeah. and I also feel, uh, at least for me on Instagram, what resonated with me was a photo of you and the person that you were going to yeah. be interviewing. I, and I thought, realize. oh, I can see what's going on. I can mm-hmm. see that they're actually interacting. It's not like an online avatar thing going on. I actually didn't realize people would care. Mm. I just thought, oh, well, I am sitting with him. Let's take a photo and let's mm. just put it up. I didn't realize people would care. Mm. But people did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now you have how many followers? 5,003. That's amazing. Yeah. From that one post. No, no, no. So it's grown every day okay. since then. Because yeah. I've been posting as well. And I've been doing a bunch of things on it. It's not as viral as it was then. Yeah. So in one day, I grew by three, which was a lot. Mm. And then after that, it's take but down. It's a lot more steady, but it still mm. grows. Yeah. Do you find it encourages you with doing, creating content for Stimmy more than before that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Before yeah. that, I always wanted to continue, but there were moments where I just went, oh, yeah, I'm really, really down. But this feels like mm. there is a community that's waiting for me to share. Mm. And they are people that you actually know, because if they comment, you can just click through yeah. and see their entire CV, right? Yeah. And they are intentional with their comments and really thoughtful. Yeah. And I just like that. Oh, wow. I just like thoughtful comments. I'm I don't so know. happy to hear that. Oh, thank yeah. you. I, yeah. I, I understand that too. Sometimes when you post things up and no one kind of reacts to it, yeah. it can feel like you're kind of, who's actually listening here? I put yes, all this effort into exactly. it, right? And with the yeah. podcast as well, it's ultimately just me speaking to a wall. Mm. That's really it. Mm. And you just don't know who is listening because with the podcast, if you go to your host, you see the download rates. You have no idea who they are. Mm. You know which country they are from. But again, you don't know if they listen to the whole thing or mm. not. Just nothing. Mm. Nothing at all. But what kept you going though when you did not see that much engagement? Because that happened for a while, right? Mm, a long time. What kept you going? It just never crossed my mind to quit. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. The thought of me not doing just never crossed my mind. It's just unfathomable. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously. You'd think that if there was not much traction... That, yeah, I did you know. wonder whether I was not talking on the right topic. I was making it too long. So I thought of all these things, but to stop, stop? Mm. Not really. Mm. It was yeah. just something that you enjoyed doing and just yeah, enjoyed, just enjoyed putting enjoyed it. Out there. And That's at the amazing. end of the day, the kind of people I speak to are not people I can get access to mm. ever mm. until I have this platform. So for me, at the end of the day, when you really think about it, if I want to talk to a potential client, mm. I can just reach out to them and say, hey, can I have an hour and a half yeah. to chat about your life? Yeah. If I dig into your life on the personal level for an hour and a half, I like to think we've established yeah. a link and we could talk about it after that. It's just something different when I go yeah. into any kind of meeting. People want to talk about it because no one else is doing it. Yeah. I have more interesting things to share, even though it's a reshare of what someone else said. And it just brings me so much benefit, I yeah. guess, that it just never crossed my mind to stop. Yeah. Have you ever been intimidated by any people that you were supposed to interview? Like Because mm, at the yeah. start of the podcast, yeah. I've, you would tell me, oh, I'm interviewing so-and-so-and-so. I have no idea about this field at all. Yes. And I thought, oh my gosh, this girl is brave. She is brave and she's jumping into it. And she did it so well. It made me even wonder, you know, are you afraid at all? Like, do people intimidate you? Do you go through imposter syndrome? So two parts to that question. First part about the whole, mm-hmm. I don't know anything. 
that was deliberate and that's why Steamy is so varied mm -hmm. because I always knew from the start every content creator would say the riches are in the niches mm. and I really thought about it should I niche down should I focus mm. on just one category mm. but then I thought the whole purpose was for me to learn and I also knew that I always have a blanket view mm -hmm. in the world mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't know mm. and I don't know that I have assumptions and biases until I'm challenged mm. so this interview has an interesting life mm. I'm scared because I don't know about the industry all the more reason for me to do it then mm. because I know when I corner myself mm. then I have no choice but to dig down and do enough research to pass off an hour and a half worth of conversation with an expert in that field I will not walk away being an expert but I know I can carry a conversation about it mm. and all I have to do is sort of like James Clear's Atomic Habits one percent just grow a little every single day. Mm. If you grow a little, over time you look back and you realize, actually I'm a lot better than yeah, what I was. Yeah, that's so true. I know a lot more than I did before. Yeah. Now I can pull references from so many different fields that I would have yeah. never known. And I would be able to say, I spoke to this guy yeah. who's an expert in that field and this is what he said. Yeah. And why, as opposed to me saying, I read it here, I read it in the blog, I think someone said this, which is a quote for someone else. I can cut through all that and say, he told me. Yeah. And that just makes it more personal. So that was the first part. In terms of imposter syndrome, I don't know if it's arrogant or me. No. Wow. No way. I, I know lots of people ask me this question, the idea of imposter syndrome. Yeah, it actually mm. came from nope. someone on, on your LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, because I went through your LinkedIn. I, I, I took yeah. No, 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 no. I've I've been I I have been going there a little bit more since mm. that viral post because I'm like, oh, there's a whole world of LinkedIn that like exists. What People actually, yeah, what are they doing? Isn't it another like Facebook and all that <laughs> um, with all these titles? <laughs> But no, I took a couple of questions Ooh, by people and yeah. that was, Nothing. yeah, that was one of the mm. questions about imposter syndrome. If you don't, that's amazing. I don't because I'm just too busy, mm. I guess. I think what helps, again, mm. the reason why I don't have imposter syndrome is stories as well. Mm. Because I've interviewed so many different people. I've mm. read so many stories. Without exception, every single person who's successful will say, I suffer from imposter syndrome. Yep. Even now. So if the most successful person in the world that I'm aiming to be has imposter syndrome and yeah. I have it, that means it's normal. Who cares? Move on. Mm. So I definitely do have moments where I go, oh, maybe this isn't as good. Mm. Well, I did my best anyway. I'll just move on. Yeah. And so long as I know I tried my best, yeah. then that's okay yeah. because I know I will get better. Yeah. So you don't get too hung up over, say, mistakes or maybe days where you go, oh, I could have done better. Yeah, like I mean, I suppose that's a pro and a con. So yeah. the pro is I can just move on. The con is I don't wow. think too much. That's so, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I used to be, get quite hung up over things like uh, that, actually. Yeah, I used to get quite bound by that. And okay. then, um, but I move on a little bit more now. Yeah. I do ruminate about it quite a bit. I don't know if that's it's necessarily amazing. so good, though. I think you need to be in between and I'm not really in between. I think okay, I maybe we, think we, more. we need to look for a middle ground. <laughs> yeah, <somewhere>. yeah. <laughs> okay, so I guess that leads me to a question Ooh. from Alia Alsha, Alsha oh, Fadil. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. So she goes, on days when you don't feel like doing anything, yeah. what's the one thing or practice or thought that energizes you? Are there, <gasps> are, have there been days where you go, oh my gosh, I just want to take a break from... This. Yeah, like tomorrow I just want to oh, sleep, but I can't because it's the why? day to release a new episode. <laughs> when you release a new episode, why is it so much work? Because yeah, no. it's okay, the Okay, I editing. can imagine, I can imagine. Because when you release a new episode, you have to edit everything, then you have to draft the intro and outro, you have to record it and edit, put it together, put the sound together, then you upload it, but you have to draft the copy, plus the title, you have to submit it, you have to create the copy, and also the website itself, you also create the mm. social media, you have to put it up. Okay, that's a lot. But yeah. I didn't know that that happens on the same day. 
So I tend not to be able to do it on the same day. So that's why you don't see it released on the same day because oh. I just can't keep up. Yeah. Wow. Yes. But that's all to that. you. It's a lot. <laughs> so I find the social media side of things. I love it. I yeah. do enjoy marketing and branding and all mm, that quite a bit. You're but really good. But it takes so much time. It really takes time away from my actual art. Yes. And I do find that I need help. But I find that when I get help, that voice kind of disappears a little bit. Like I have to be the person to post about it at the same time. So I don't know if you're going to find that about what you do because you're going to be the person who's hosting, doing research. And then right. if you have a team around you, yeah. maybe for me, maybe it's a micromanaging thing. I don't know. I have for no me. idea. <laughs> I haven't got a 10 person team. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm not there. <laughs> but I would say certain things I would always keep, mm -hmm. for instance. And there are certain things I'm not too precious about. So design's not my thing, seriously. <laughs> but yeah, I think you've done a really good job, oh, though. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> and you have a nice logo by a friend um, Thanks, Joanne, Joanne. <laughs> that's amazing do yeah. you want to talk a little bit about that logo oh yeah that logo is tied to the very beginning it's tied to the me bothering and exasperating everyone because I didn't know what to call the name and I was stuck for the longest time and I thought it would be called this is my why and I checked on Instagram and someone had this is my why and I was really upset and I thought oh what should I call it and someone said why don't you just add a so, <laughs> and then I thought, oh my gosh, I need to come with a logo. I don't know what it is. And I met Joanne at the same time as I met you. And she was so kind. Mm. And she said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. She runs a full design agency. And she mm. said, I'll do it for you as a friend for free. <laughs> and she came up with so many iterations. And I kept going back going, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Oh my goodness, for weeks. And I bought her this... <laughs> Whiskey. <laughs> Whiskey which it's she still has. in my it's in my closet. It's in my cabinet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it's doing yeah, you. I, I don't know as well. <laughs> but uh, maybe we should give a plug to Joanne. This is Joanne, like thank yeah. you, Joanne of Ideology. I'm Fairmont. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think um the other question that I had. So oh. you have interviewed Forbes billionaires, oh, yes. Olympians, Michelin star chefs, yeah. entrepreneurs, VC people, mm -hmm. viral TikTokers. And your podcast is about uncovering their successes. Why do you think they have achieved success? What do you think is the secret sauce? Yeah. So my thesis has changed when I mm. started and hence the name. Why? Mm. Mm. I thought people found their why. Mm. That was it. And mm. it was just a question of how do I uncover my why and how do I make it a reality? And I realized that actually what tied many of them because so many said, I don't care about my why. My why changes. They were so ambivalent about yeah. the why question. And what really tied everyone was the fact that they were really curious about something. They didn't care about it. They just really dug deep into it, even though there was no career. There was no mm. clear path beyond the mere curiosity. They really spent time. They became an expert. Then doors started opening. Serendipity happened and they end up where they are. And there was just it, it was just curiosity, hard work and serendipity. Mm. And that's what led them. And the fact that they didn't care about what other people said. Mm. Yeah. So do you find that as a common thread? For but, sure, I would mm. say, I mean, even with myself, I wouldn't say I'm successful or anything, but mm. if, because I put myself out there, because I do things, yeah. serendipitous things have happened, yeah. which I would have never dreamt or expected. Yeah. yeah. What are some of them? Can you give some, some examples? I appear in James Corden's show. <laughs> yeah, that was so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm meeting James Corden's boss for breakfast in London and going to a taping, the live taping of their London show. Yeah. 
as a friend of the production staff. Yeah. And meeting James Corden's parents. Yeah, it was really cool. That is amazing. Um, what was it like having breakfast? Was it breakfast? It was Nick? breakfast because the whole production team was staying at a hotel. Mm. So he said, come over for breakfast. It was so nice. You just wanted to meet in prison and catch up. No, actually, I wanted to meet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was the cheeky one because I was following all the monologues and I went, oh. hi, Nick. So I realized you're in London. I happen to be in London at the same time. Do you oh. want to meet up? And he's like, yes, because I'm the kind of person who would just ask, right? <laughs> you don't ask me. Don't get so That's yeah. Something I've learned from you for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I met up with him, and guess what? We spent so much of our time talking about. I've never told you this. Web three. <laughs> what? I was educating him. Wait, what? <laughs> you never told me this. Yeah, I never told you this. You guys, we're talking about his work. So we did, we did, we did. Yeah, we did. And he told me about the realities of behind the scenes yeah. and all that, right? But after a while, I started talking about the kind of people I was interviewing. I was in the middle of Web three, and yeah. for some reason, we end up talking about Web three. I just went, this is everything I know. <laughs> yeah, I should have talked about something And you sounded like a pro, I'm I pretty really sure. Do. Okay, let's talk about Web3 then. Let's talk oh about God. Web3. Just a little bit, not oh much. We, okay, let me tell you like background. Okay, again, we have Joe. Joe needs to be somewhere Joe. here. Okay, it's okay. So Joe, my husband. Um, Lingya was there, by the way, when I first met Joe on Bumble. So she saw me swiping on Joe's profile. Do you remember? I showed you, you. Yeah. Do you remember after you came back from your first meeting? And then, what should I, I review? Okay, I can guess. I was like, do you want this person? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> have you ever told Joe this? Um, I think I may have. Actually, I think I have. <laughs> so, okay, before we go into Web3, because this is going to lead into Web3, let's talk about dating. <laughs> Fine, let's talk about it. Okay, so I was at the tail end of this other relationship. <laughs> we're good friends now. But uh, when I moved over to KL, we were both single. And I was like, mm. okay, I, like, I'm ready to meet people. Mm. So I was on the apps. Lingya was very with chilled. A, Lingya is chilled about this with thing. With a Bumble bro advising you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a mutual friend who is a Bumble bro <laughs> Pro, like he oh, met so his, mystery. yeah, okay, yeah, it sounds a little bit seedy, but he met his now wife on TikTok. No, it's not TikTok, sorry. On, no, Tinder. Oh, they met on, t- they I met on Tinder. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, but he was Even giving us advice. CD. He was giving us advice. Yeah. So I was on this thing, swiping, swiping. I think you were on it as well. So we No, were, I wasn't until you succeeded. <laughs> and I thought, oh, really? <laughs> Okay, but yeah, we bonded over all these, um, <laughs> I guess, profiles and I showed Lingya and um, she saw this other person that I went out with as well. Uh, <laughs> but, but eventually I met Joe, who you is did. a crypto guy. Yeah. So I went for a couple of dates with him, came back to Lingya and said, mm-hmm. he's this guy who's into Bitcoin. It sounds so scammy. And um, we Googled. Yeah, we both Googled. Like We were like, who is this person? Like, what is Bitcoin? All that kind of thing. So that was our... That yeah. was our intro into crypto. And then before I knew it. I had no idea what it was. Before I knew it, you did meme back. And I went, <laughs> what is going on? Why is this girl doing NFTs? She's really into this thing. <laughs> okay, so, so I blame you for pushing me over the ledge. I was still on the fence going, okay, it's an interesting thing. Everyone's talking about it. And then you went into it full on. And I thought, maybe it's time. <laughs> But you sat Joe down for a couple of sessions and really like drilled him and asked him. He was to so tired after you, a while. <laughs> tell he you all about Web three, and I'm so proud. You know so much about it. You really dug deep into it, and you bought your first NFT. <laughs> Caveat: I know how to talk like I know about Web three. I'm very good at that. I think. <laughs> I 
<laughs> interview enough people to know how to sound like I know what I'm talking about. But if you, you really know your space and you dig deeper, you realize I have nothing left. <laughs> okay, but you've been to a couple of Web3 events here though, right? Oh, one yeah. actually with oh, Joe. Only one? You've been to a few. <laughs> have I? I thought you... What other oh, events have I? I think, I th- okay, I think you because, have been. Okay, I think because you're in like some of the NFT Asia chat groups and like some oh, yeah, other... I just watch it. Okay, right. I just don't go. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask you, what do you think of the community here? Um, um, and, I don't know. <laughs> I don't and, know. Because I think they are trying to build a community here, yeah. right? Yeah. I know and some of them, I suppose. There's some yeah. of them I have met. Because yeah. of you guys. Oh, oh Joe. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's all through you guys. Different. They're different. <laughs> They have a mind of their own. Mm. They're independent. They're doing on their own thing. Mm. And how do you feel about the whole space? Because you've interviewed quite a few of them as well. It's not going to be my career. Mm. <laughs> I guess because everyone keeps on talking about the fact that it's new tech, new tech. The space is evolving so fast. I'm not a tech person. I can't mm. fully appreciate the tech. Mm. So that means whatever I say will always be superficial. Mm. I can't truly appreciate the advancements. So whatever I do is what all these other marketing person is, which feels so snake oil salesman-like. Mm. It just doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't yeah. feel like I'm really pushing the folder. But I mean, if you put it another way, it's a way of selling memberships and then it can allow you to create community. Then yeah, I mean, in a way you could, but I wouldn't do NFTs for the sake of yeah. NFTs. I wouldn't enter Web3. Just because it's Web3. That's good. That's I mean, honest. recently I spoke to Chrome, I guess, who was on the podcast. He was deeply in Web3. And I was asking him things that I always ask. For instance, who else could I interview? And what other content and what kind of pivot should I be doing? And he was so full on into crypto, 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 crypto. And the whole time I was going, I know why, I know why, I know why. <laughs> I'm tired of this. And you can see the devastation on his face. He literally had no other suggestion for me beyond crypto. Because clearly this guy's been in the space for the longest time, still doing it. He loves crypto and I can see the passion. That ain't me. (laughs) (laughs) I would talk about it, but I'm not crazy about it. But how do you choose your next guest though? I remember there's a few times I told you about, oh, so-and-so, you know... um, Jeff Renjo, the Disney Pixar person who created Olaf. And yes, you, you just I like want him. immediately just like, I can see that you want him. <laughs> and you come to me one day. I think this was like last year or something. I really want like a drag person on my yes. show. I was like, wow, like it's so varied. Do you pick based on what you're interested at the time? I just <laughs> pick people that interest me. Mm. When I hear a story, sometimes it's just one line. I go, I want him. What interests you about that person though? Is it more the story? It's a gut feeling. There's just something that I feel is going to be an interesting story. Drag queen. I've never had drag queen before. Mm. Retired full star general. Yeah, I want him, of course. What if it's a drag queen with no story? Just is it flat. possible? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, how many people would be willing to be a drag queen? Firstly, you must be gay. That's already going to be difficult. There's going to be tons of conflict. Your yeah. family's probably going to be yeah. against you. And you have to find yourself. You have to find your journey, becoming a drag queen, finding your name, going out there. Mm. That is so foreign yeah. to me. Yeah. And there's a certain personality that drag queens have, which is really incredible. Their confidence is through the roof. And I wish I had their confidence, but I yeah. don't. It's just so different that I feel... It's really hard to find someone who's not interesting. Right. How can you succeed on stage if you don't yeah. have a presence? I yeah. find that really hard. Mm. So yeah. it does really, in the end, come down to the story of it, right? I like guess it comes story down to the story. Do you think there is a spiritual element that kind of grabs your attention too Ooh. about these stories? I would not come out and say, this is a Christian podcast. I never yeah. want to ever yeah. say that. It's very similar to another guest I have. He's the Disney animator who did the animation for The Lion King, Aladdin, mm. Beauty and the Beast. And mm-hmm. General Shang was drawn yeah. based on his face. Basically, he 
is also a Christian and he left Disney because he wanted to start his own thing. And he said that his own thing is very much him sort of taking Bible stories, mm. but retelling it from the perspective of an animal mm. in animation form mm. because he learned from Disney firstly, kids, yeah. people learn from animals and yeah. it's so non-divisive. Yeah. And secondly, it was just a way of telling these stories without it being labeled Christian. Yeah. And he said once that there was this girl who came up and said, I am so surprised that your books are non-Christian-like. Mm. And he said that was the biggest compliment he ever received. Mm. And I feel kind of similar to that. Mm. I would say that I am a Christian and yeah. the values are very important to me. So I yeah. would say values are important. But I would never want to go around and say this is a Christian podcast. Yeah. I will definitely be interested if you have a faith story. Yeah. And I would hope that when people listen, because they've listened to all these other different episodes, then they yeah. would go, I trust in the quality of the work. I trust that I will learn something from it. Therefore, even though I see that he has a faith story, I wouldn't be ultimately turned away from it yeah. the way I would if a Christian podcast came out yeah. and said, we have a Christian faith story of him turning to Christ. That yeah. is kind of a turnoff. Yeah. But for me, I would want to showcase that that is a very integral part of his journey yeah but you know he's all these other things that you can also learn from if you don't happen to believe in that faith yeah. story but at the same time i'm hoping if you hear it something might resonate with you yeah. and if that's the path that might be open to you then i really hope that yeah you know, that's what happens but if not that's okay as yeah. well at I, least I, 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 I really appreciate that but you're very open about being a Christian, mm. but at the same time, you're so open about hearing from other people from all different perspectives and backgrounds to to drag queens to I would to love to have a Buddhist convict. I would it's, love to have Buddhist monks. And I like. and I think that is so incredible, and I think that's really what we need as content creators, oh. as just people, especially living during this time. We don't mm. need more polarization. We don't need more boxing. We need different perspectives and to be able to still say, hey, I'm proud to be this religion, this race, this background. This is my diversity card, but I want to hear your story as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I find that from, so this is my why. Yay. Yeah, I really I'm love glad. it. <laughs> and I feel like your followers would really resonate with that too. I hope um, so. <laughs> which brings me to the Stimmy Hangouts. Oh, wow. Because you yeah. got to meet them in person. I did, so, for the first time. Yeah, can you give us, for those listening, if they do not know about what Stimmy Hangouts is, can you give <laughs> a little bit of a background for it? So about a month ago, because I was already on LinkedIn, I thought on a whim, because so mm. many people have been saying you should do a physical thing. And I never did it because it is so much work. And I just didn't have the time. But then I thought it's been two and a half years. Let's just yep. try. So on LinkedIn, I basically wrote a post and I said, anyone want to meet someone new and interesting? And that post went viral. I was shocked that the sheer number of people who were interested. So we created a Telegram group. 60 strangers joined and then 30 people paid to appear. And I thought, oh my gosh, like 30 oh, wow. strangers, 30 strangers who were really excited yeah. to come. And I had so many other people who messaged me personally who said, I really wish I could come, but I can't, but I want to yeah. go for the second one. So many. So I did that one and it was really, really amazing. I was really worried and I kind of said, Let's do it from 12 to 2. But by the time 2 o'clock hit, it felt like the event had just started. And so many people also said that. Oh my gosh, yeah, it that's was really amazing. Special. We were there for four hours. Pretty much everyone was there for four hours. Wow, so it went like way beyond it what was It went way beyond. Planned. I mean, everyone mm. seemed to really connect. There were so many people. I asked them, would you like to do a second Steamy Hangout? And so many people would say, I would be really sad if you didn't do a second one. We need a steamy conference. We need a conference. And I thought, well, that's a really big step up. <laughs> Are you thinking about that though? I would Did love you give to that do that? I would yeah, love to, because I have 
That's how we met at the conference. Yeah. I was in the committee. I've been in the committees for conferences for seven years. So I do you know what it runs. takes. I do know what it takes. Yeah. I really need a big team. <laughs> Seriously. So it's a big step, but I would love to because I feel as though the kind of conference I would want to do is fun and it's different. And I've been to so many. It's dry. It's boring. It's about networking. But I feel that you can do networking in a fun and different way and still meet new and interesting people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I look forward to STEMI, STEMI conferences. Yeah. So I wasn't there at the hangout because I had something going on back home, but I really, really want to make it for the next one. I don't want to miss out. I have I a little shift, bit of FOMO going on right now. I shifted the date just for you. Oh, thank you. Okay. Okay. I will try to like block out that date right now. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about what happened that day at the hangouts? Because you had a yeah. lot of really cool ideas mm. that were very unconventional compared oh, really? to... I think the other hangouts or like get-togethers that I've been to <clears throat> were three ones. Wow. <laughs> Good yes. cookie entrance ticket thing. So I basically said the entrance fee is bring a small bag of your favorite cookies. And there were 30 of them. And so basically everyone brings it. And I said, at the end, we are all going to taste all the cookies and we're going to vote on the one with the best. And so the person with the best cookie got a 100 ringgit Starbucks gift card. I thought it was just something different because who would go and say, bring your favorite cookies, right? And then who would have the opportunity to go to an event and try 30 different types of cookies from all over? It was just something that I wanted people to remember and go, oh, that was a little bit different. Mm. But another part that was really important to me was the fact that I wanted people to intentionally meet other people. There are 30 people. The chances of you going to an event meeting 30 is very low. You probably mm. meet three, four. So I wanted to make sure there was intentionality such that you really want to make an effort to talk to other people and you can keep track of it and you can bring something home from it. So I got a mounting board for every single person. I also got colorful sticker tapes and I basically just said, go around, talk to everyone. After your conversation, just write something nice about them and go to their mounting board and put it there. So at the end, you can bring your mounting board mm. back and it's just this board full of really nice things that people say mm. because words of information, I think yeah. it's really important. And yeah. why wouldn't you want to keep something like that? And yep. hopefully when you look at the stickers, you go, oh yeah, I do remember talking to this person. Yeah. And yeah, I really connected with him. Oh, that's very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. That's very beautiful to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. With some memorable conversations that you had with people there. I had so many memorable conversations. I think what touched me was two people came up. One girl came out and she said, I'm always the first person to leave events. Mm. But she was one of the last. Because oh, wow. There was almost no one there because she really enjoyed it. There was another person who told me twice, I was really, really scared to come. Mm. I, he, apparently he stood out there for a while. But he was also one of the last ones mm. to leave. And he said, I just really, really enjoyed it. And I'm really glad I yeah. came. So it was just nice to have this kind of yeah. feedback because it was also important for me as well. I didn't know how I was going to do it. That it wasn't just the extroverts who thrived and enjoyed it, but yeah. the introverts felt like there was a place for them as well. And That's they were awesome. seen. Yeah. So it sounds like there were. Yeah. I hope so. And I feel like your content draws a certain type of yeah. crowd as well that, that was resonates that, with it. That was the thing that surprised me and the thing that still puzzled me all the way up to the event. I was like, well, that's what a bunch of strangers want to hang out. Mm. <laughs> like, why would you want to come to an event mm. I'm doing? Mm. That's and my question for you. Yeah. Why do you think they were there? So I have a friend who I asked this question to, and he mm. basically said, I would want to come. I just mm. can't come because of conflict, but I would want to come. And I think all these people want to come because 
or see me because that is the deciding factor. Mm. If you like that podcast, mm. I would probably like hanging out with you because it is yeah. a very serious yeah. podcast. It is very long form. Not many yeah. people are going to enjoy it. It's not going to go mm. viral. I don't think so. But mm. if you like it, chances are I will like everyone else mm. who likes that kind of serious mm. intellectual content. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I think it's not just the podcast, but I think some of them probably found you through your LinkedIn writings though. I think so. Yeah. yeah. There were a few people who and said that. And they resonated with that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> reading a personal diary. <laughs> tell, tell, tell me about it. Cause like I, I check it a little bit more and every now and then oh. I go, wow, she has content every single I day. Do. And she talks about like, some <laughs> of them are really lighthearted, funny. And it usually starts with this like, bam sentence at the start and I know what you're doing you're trying to get their attention but do I get it? <laughs> I think you do I think you do for sure yeah. but um, what is it like writing every day and how do you kind of come up with new content to write? I just enjoy it I think yeah. sometimes I'm sitting in the car I'm walking sometimes a line would just pass me by and I just immediately open my phone and just write it sometimes if I have a little more time the whole post will write itself I can't explain it. It just writes itself. And I'll just write the whole thing. I go, yay, I have one content. <laughs> Thank God. Do you experience any writer's block? I remember being asked this question once. Mm-hmm. No. Wow. Really. So I have block in the sense that I know exactly when I want to write, yeah. but I can't find that opening line that I want. Oh. And I can get stuck for hours and hours and it really frustrates me. But not really. Mm. I think it's also because when I was really... Okay, I didn't tell you this Again. either. <laughs> when I was really, really, really young, I was a teenager and I really loved this fiction. It was, a, I think it's 14 books long. Mm. And so I found online, there's this writing You did for- tell I me did about tell this. this. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. So there's this writing forum where you can basically be a part of the community by writing a bio of a character. You make it up. There are some limitations. And then you go through and you rise through the ranks through writing. You have to go through a certain class. You have to do a certain event. And so you write from your character's perspective and then you wait for the other person to write from their character perspective. I wrote, gosh, thousands of words every single week. I was so engaged in it because there were certain writers who wrote the most amazing prose I had ever seen in my life. And I wanted to write with them. How special it is to write with these special people. And I see their character responding to me Mm. with the most beautiful writing ever. Mm. And my writing really grew in that short few years. I would say I used to write with the most bombastic words. I would always use the stories. I would always Mm. use the biggest, most flurry language in the world. My paragraphs were so thick and long. And they reached a point for some reason where something in me switched and I just went... Just keep it simple, man. (laughs) And I remember there was one person who said, your writing really improved. (laughs) And for some reason, that phrase really stuck with me. And I thought, yeah, I kind of always knew to keep it simple. And I just somehow never did. But now that I have, it's just stuck with me, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I totally resonate with that because my mom told me that as well when I was in high school. Yeah, about writing. Mm. So my mom, I think my mom writes pretty well. She actually studied literature. She does. It's very engaging. Yeah, she, she writes really well. And that's fires. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chum <Mommy>. mom. <laughs> okay, that's my mom. She, she, yeah, she has a bit of a following on Instagram about Huge food. Huge following. She advises you on your Instagram. Yeah, she Whoa. does. She does. She's like, you need to be more specific about how it tastes and all that kind of thing. But she did tell me that when she was right, like I think her feedback from her lecturer was the same thing as well. Try to avoid cliches. Try to avoid big, seemingly complex, impressive words as well. And, um, and that occurred to her when she read Amy Tan's Joy Luck Club and she she was a big fan of Amy Tan and she said read her book and I read her book and she was like she doesn't use complex words right it's very very simple words but it really draws you in yes yeah. yes you found appeal in 
fiction mm. and you're doing non-fiction now. I know, it's strange. I would never How thought that. How do you that. feel about that? Do I you miss fiction? I definitely do. Yeah. I wish I had 50 hours in a day so I can do both. <laughs> 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 the thing about fiction is that it's a purely solitary mm. exercise. Mm. When you write, you just blurb everything out for the first draft and then you mm. redo the draft over and over and hopefully someone wants to pick it up and sell it. So it's oh. a purely solitary thing. Whereas with this, it's public accountability. Yeah. You see people reacting, you can build something, it just grows. It's a very, very different thing. And yeah, the community aspect just really drew me. And the fact that I kind of got into startups and I was like, I really want to grow my own thing. <laughs> but if I had more time, I would love to. Yeah. 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 I think I should carve out more time. Yeah. But then I should also carve out more time for my music. It's just endless. Okay. What's going to happen after the 100th episode? Do you want to... I don't intend to stop. Yeah. I love to write more. I love Do you to think work with more people. It would be really nice to start doing physicals, yeah. I would say. It does make a difference. It's yeah. really nice. Yeah. And definitely doing more LinkedIn writing. I'm writing for a number of people as well. It's really mm. nice because it's different. I've always told my own story. I've told other people's story through interviews. But what I'm doing with writing for other people is basically them telling their story and me writing on their behalf. And it's really interesting. A lot of people would say, I'm just really shy to share my own story. And they also, I suppose, would say, writing is not their thing mm. but I just love writing so for me it just seems like a really easy fit for me mm. to step in and it's just storytelling in a different form mm. so I would say just growing more of that as well yeah yeah is there a specific direction you're going to take after the 100th episode are you going to take a breather to think about it or are you going to continue with the same format I don't intend to take a breather there was one guest who worked and I haven't really said episode either she worked at Christie's mm. she also worked at Playboy New York mm. head of marketing she was so fantastic of our interview she gave me half an hour of free advice mm. on how I should do my branding mm. and one of the big concerns I had the whole time and we had so many conversations yep. about this too right yeah. it was just am I too broad am I too broad should I niche down yeah but then I really love the variety that's why I niched down on just web three because I thought maybe this is my thing and everyone's <laughs> <laughs> on fire and everyone's but, throwing um, money on this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I felt like you were not super, super, super interested. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it was more like tapping into some kind of yeah. Thing. But oh, you did, but but out. you did a lot of research, which is amazing. That's your strength to be able to dig into something that you're not familiar with. That's yeah. not necessarily like your field, but you were able to do that. I know so, how to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about because mm. I'm actually not really talking. I'm just asking the question mm. and just letting you take the stage. You know how to ask the question. I know how to ask the question. I've done mm. the research. I think it's easy for anyone to have a one-hour conversation. Really easy. You don't even need to prep. But if I really prep, gosh, I can go on forever. I don't think it's easy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how your experience has been. I, you, I feel you like, like what's, what's obvious to you or me is like not obvious to you or me sometimes. <laughs> really? I'm like, huh, what? <laughs> Why? What, Writing. What was, what was we can just like go like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to plan so much. I have to like, you know, you really just like stressed. go to the gym first or something. <laughs> it's just like a big block for me. So I think what's like easy for you might not necessarily easy to blindingly obvious to people well sometimes. I've seen the way you do your art and I gotta tell you when I watch you I just go out there and no way I will ever do what you do I have absolute zero interest in this oh no I respect it so much and I will promote you but I just am not gonna do this it's not mine <laughs> It's okay, but at least you entertain me by going with my like street thing? art bros to go like <laughs> painting the streets and all that. Illegally? <laughs> okay, <laughs> illegally. Mm. But then we found out it was with permission. So yeah, Linya so was very, graffiti. yeah, she was very, very unimpressed by that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was even more impressed when they painted over it. Huh? Yeah. Remember? I was like, I say well, like yeah, yeah. Our big bros. <laughs> our big bros went over and just painted. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. Burns our art. That's yeah, yeah. Art. They got rid of it. They thought it was not that great. <sighs> <laughs> only time you could have seen Loya in action. <laughs> That's her street name, by the way. Yeah. L-A-W-Y-A-H. Mm-hmm. Yep, you heard it here first. <laughs> okay, I have a couple of questions oh, wow. from your followers. <laughs> We're going to wrap the yeah. end of this You're interview really with well. Wise. Really? Yeah. Okay, no, it feels that. like we're like chatting, right? Yay. We're just chit-chatting, catching up. Um, but we're going to go with our Wise. So... Are you ready? Okay. Okay. This is a question from Tyler Chin. Has your why changed over the years? And if so, how has it changed? If not, were there times where you faced doubts about the whys? The that honest to goodness truth is the whole reason I started this podcast, why, is because I have no freaking clue what my why is and I'm still looking for it. So I wish I had an answer, but I would say it's still a journey. And I've come to realize that it's okay to be on that journey, even though I wish I had an answer, but I really don't. Because like we mentioned earlier, ultimately what binds everyone who's quote-unquote successful who appear on the podcast is not so much the why, but the fact that they found the curiosity, dug into it, became really good, and all these opportunities came up. Mm. So I would say just going with what I'm interested in and who knows what will happen. I mean, yeah. I can't offer for a book. Can That's amazing. It? That's so amazing. I'm yeah, so excited about that. Yeah. We chatted about this book thing yesterday. I just completed my final draft for mine as well. Uh, Thank you, thank you. And I did have like a... a I was approached a while ago for something else as well. So I understand the thoughts that are going on behind. So Lingya, I I don't think you've come to a conclusion whether to do it yet. But we can chat about it. (laughs) I definitely want to do it, but it's a question of when. Yeah, 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 eventually. And I I would be super excited for you you for that. You are going to write the forward. I would be be very, very honored. Thank you. I would be very, very honored. Um, Okay, we have a question from Craig Davis that I think is a great question. Mm -hmm. Can you share some examples from the podcast of how the guests you have interviewed have influenced or changed your view about life? Well, again, I would say the serendipity, but it's more examples. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about your friend, Caesar Kuriyama. Oh, Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Caesar is so fantastic, so creative, mm. and just really brave to do crazy things. Yeah. The story yeah, that I is. always tell people, that I always remember, is how... The movie, right? Yes, the movie. Yeah. So basically, he was a big Marvel fan. He watched Iron Man 1, he watched Iron Man 2, and then he saw Iron Man 3. And he saw that Joan Vavreau, who plays Happy, the driver, he was the director for Iron Man 1 and 2. He wasn't the director for number three. He was just the driver. So Caesar knows the Hollywood industry and he said, John really didn't have to be there at all. And I am shocked that no one gave him more credit for it. So he basically sat that whole night trying to draft a short tweet to kind of like say, hey, John, this was amazing. Mm. Why is no one giving you that kind of credit? Mm. And he kind of drafted and drafted and redrafted and he thought, who's going to see it? What should I write? He fell asleep on the couch <laughs> and he said that he woke up in the middle of the night and he switched on his phone and he realized, oh, the draft is still there. And he thought, it's so early, no one's going to see it. I'm just going to click press and just send it. He sent, went back to sleep, didn't think about it. And a couple of weeks later, he got a call from the production house who said, we want to feature your app. At the time, he did a viral TED talk. Mm. He already had an app that he raised funds for, called One Second Every Day. Mm. The short story is 
John saw that tweet, oh. went to his profile, saw that he had a viral TED talk, saw that he had an actual app, oh. used the app, loved it so much that he got his production house to reach out and say, can we feature your app in my Hollywood movie? Isn't that crazy? crazy you just yeah. never know, right? You send one tweet and you can get yeah. your product into a Hollywood movie. That's advertising. You cannot yeah. ever imagine getting for free. That's crazy. So, yeah, so it's just things like that that change my mind, make me go, anything mm. is really possible. And the only thing that's stopping you is you. So you just got to do it. You just got to put yourself out there because you never know. You just yeah. need one person to see your thing and you could change your yeah. life. Yeah, and it has happened so to true. so many people before. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, so just taking that step to, yeah, so to show your work and to show who you are, really. Yeah, so that's why I'm kind of more bullish right now on LinkedIn because it's more mm. professional and people that are serious and care about what they write and is linked to mm. your career. It's one thing to say, I'm the marketing director of Decentraland. Mm. It's another thing to show and tell every yeah. single day and have people connect with your story yeah. and really understand that you know your stuff yeah. as opposed to me reading three lines of your particular position. Yeah. It's very, very different, I yeah. would say. Okay, you've given me a... Um, you maybe need to I show should more. go on LinkedIn then. Do you need a ghostwriter? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just another platform. Oh, oh my, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's cool to see that. I did think about that, but yeah. uh, oh my gosh, another platform. But I think it also depends on what platform works for you, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. You have to yeah. know what your purpose is. You can't just yeah. be on everything just for the sake of it. If your clients are not there, then you don't need it. Yeah. You really don't. Yeah. This is what I gathered at the conference that I was at, like in Europe recently. Mm. Oh, and yeah. It was, yeah. And it THU. was, yeah, THU. And it was, things might change really quickly too, yeah. right? Like that might be another platform because we were talking about the topic of social media. Mm. You know, the next platform for artists because it's Instagram now yes. for artists. It might be something else. So oh. be prepared for that change and be fluid. In what how was the advice? I think it was that right now it's on Instagram. Put all your stuff there because it's a portfolio for us. Make sure it looks good. People are getting hired there. But it might not always be Instagram. Mm -hmm. Next thing might be something else. Mm -hmm. And it might happen really quickly too. So yeah. don't be afraid of change yeah. and be flexible about it. And don't go, oh, okay. It's a drag to have to like switch to the next platform. Yeah. Like it, it might help you. So yeah. just be open to it. Yeah. So that was the advice. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's true. Okay, another question from someone from the crowd as well. Have you ever questioned your own why? And um, well, <laughs> we're, both <laughs> we're both laughing. We're both laughing because this is a question that we do talk about. What do you think is your why now? Why are you doing this podcast? <laughs> oh. <laughs> someone please give me the answer. I don't know. Mm. I just feel like it's something that in me that compels me. I just really enjoy it. And it never has felt like work. I feel exhausted all the time. But it really is non-work mm. at all. Mm. I look forward to weekends because <laughs> I have more time. It yeah. gives me a lot of personal satisfaction, I would say, to grow something, to connect with people. Yeah. And to see that people resonate with that as well. Mm. There are so many comments I'm getting personally mm. who are saying, I will always support you. I will always be there for you. Yeah. Anything for you. That's really touching. And so many would say that's because we have seen all the hard work you have put in. That's beautiful. And we really acknowledge that and we really want to support you. And that's really nice because I always, for the longest time, for years, thought that I was talking to a wall and no one cared, yeah. no one saw. But I just did it because there was a lot of personal satisfaction. Yeah. But now it's slightly different because it feels like I'm not alone. And yeah. also what we talked about the whole time, serendipity and just going yeah. on that journey. I love it. There's no negatives apart from time. Let's just do it and see where it goes, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great answer. I, I sometimes really 
think that it doesn't have to be a complex answer for I hope you know, not. Your, your big why. I don't <laughs> think so. I think it can be as simple as that. And mm. it can be as simple as I just wanted to do it and that's it. Yeah. And that really is the thread that joins everyone in your podcast, I believe, too. So, yeah, thank you so much for this time. And congratulations again for your 100th episode. No worries. I am so proud of you as a friend, as a past interviewee <laughs> and as a listener. Wow. And I'm so proud of you for doing a fantastic <laughs> job for your first ever interviewer. <laughs> How did she do? Amazing. <laughs> and that was the end of episode 100. The show notes and transcript can be found at sodismyway.com forward slash 100. We talked about quite a few former guests in this episode, like Red Hook Me Yourself, episode 2, Caesar Kuriyama, episode 26, and Nuttall, the ex-convict, who will be featured in episode 102 in two weeks' time. You can find the links to all of the episodes in the show notes as well. And before I tell you who's coming on for episode 101, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. More in-person interviews are coming and you'll be fantastic to grow Steamy's presence on YouTube. And do stick around for episode 101 because we will be meeting one of the biggest legal celebrities in Asia. He's colloquially known as the King of Singapore and is the current president of Singapore's Law Society, a multiple best-selling book author, cancer survivor, and LinkedIn writer extraordinaire. If you'd like to learn more about how this legal celebrity became who he is today. Do stick around and see you next Sunday.